Welcome everyone to Say What Needs Saying. I'm Zach. And I'm Brandon. And today we have our Podsgiving episode. Today we're going to be talking all things Thanksgiving. So we're going to be talking about what everyone is thankful for in 2020, how everyone's Thanksgiving was. Then we'll talk a little bit about COVID restrictions, what all of you think about the ongoing restrictions and increased restrictions that a lot of states have put in place uh, around Thanksgiving. And we'll talk a little bit about whether we should be celebrating Thanksgiving anymore or the same as we used to, etc. Because there's a lot of talk about that going on today, too, for sure. Oh, of course. I can't at least I can't wait to hear how everyone kind of took COVID and interpreted their own form of family time, their own form of Thanksgiving, and just as a whole, you know, how do people feel about it? If anything, let's start with you, Zach. You tell me, what do you think for this 20, this rough COVID riot, Black Lives Matter year? How do you feel? What do you think for this 2020? What am I thankful for in 2020? Honestly, I'm, so I'm thankful for where I'm at right now, given COVID and everything. I think that Things could be a lot worse, um, and unfortunately for a lot of people, they are a lot worse, right? But I think that, you know, I'm I'm lucky, I'm blessed, I'm in a good position. I've got people that care about me and people that I care about. I've got a job still, you know, I'm still working. I got the new car, got the Corvette, you know, and like... <laughs> hey! all kinds of, so, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just, I'm just thankful for, you know, my current situation and that it's not as bad as... It really could be, you know, I, I try to remember it when I have been anxious lately about stuff. It's just like it could be a lot worse than than it is right now, for sure. Oh, I bet. And then uh, before I turn it over to you, Brandon, let us know in the uh, comments what all you guys are thankful for. We'll be sure to read any comments out loud. And at the same time, if you want to, if you're joining us on Zoom and you want to actually raise your hand and speak about what you're thankful for, just let us know. Um, raise your hand on Zoom, and we can we can call on you to to share with everyone else. But yeah, what about you, Brandon? What are you What are you thankful for in twenty twenty? First things first. Well, I'm, we're really excited. Or at least I'm really excited to hear from you guys. So I definitely want to see the hands up, so you guys can uh, say what you guys need to say. But in regards to myself, in twenty twenty, I am glad. Actually, I think I've been very ungrateful this year. Uh, I saw a post about a guy. He was he had COVID. And he lost his ability to speak. So he played the violin in appreciation to everyone who, you know, who took care of him during this time. And I was like, wow, you could lose your, your, the sound that makes you original. That can be even taken away within a week. So I'm like, I, I need to be grateful for everything, you know, and and even to be, be acknowledging, even to acknowledge that I have been ungrateful prepares me to accept all the things that this year did bring. So I'm grateful for the house that I'm in, being able to walk, my health, the air. Like you, you ever, you ever got sick and you tried to convince yourself you're not sick by breathing? This like, see, I'm not sick, you know. But um, I'm grateful that I have health, and that's mainly it. Everything else is material. I couldn't be more appreciative that I'm able to just be. And I work in a hospital, and I see this every single day. Mm-hmm. I see the worst of the worst. So I am definitely humbled by 2020. Definitely thankful that. Hopefully, we're going to be seeing a next year. We have been getting some comments in the chat. Yep. Uh, one, yep. We have one comment that says, uh, the continued health of my family, very lucky. I completely agree. So, so thankful for mine and my family's health. 100% health is the number one word right now, at least within, within this year. 
Another one says, I'm thankful for working at the company that makes the best air purifier on the planet. <laughs> thankful for my job and all the amazing people I work with. Oh, I believe in that. Let's plug in there. Like it. I like that. I <laughs> love that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I brought a smile to my face. Yeah, for sure. And we got uh two hands up too. So we got some people that want to share too. Um so I'm gonna go ahead and lower your hand. And once I lower your hand, feel free to unmute yourself and tell us what you're thankful about. So I, I think for me <laughs> I think for me it's definitely for sure family, of course. A lot like anybody. Um I, I'm like like you guys, Brandon and Zach, think I one of the lucky ones I was able to keep my job didn't have you know we had like a two-week break but then we got called right back in and I was chosen to go so that that's been great my wife well one I got married this year too so oh, hell yeah. you know. oh, uh, but um yeah you know we, we planned it before everything went down and then everything went down and we still found a way to make it work so I'm grateful for that but you know like like everyone's who probably is also just going to mention as well it definitely puts everything into perspective, you know, because I was making more money last year at my job because I was able to do a lot of overtime and, mm -hmm. you know, business was good. You know, the world was in a better place. You know, a lot more. If you had a job, you were probably working a lot more than even those that still work today do, you know. So it was nice to see that even if a portion of our income was taken away, we were still able to, you know, make ends meet, which, you know, exactly like you mentioned, is not the case for everybody. Yeah. And that's. That's a hard thing. I don't, it's a hard thing to wrap your head around, especially with something like this, that it's not anybody's fault, really, you know, to not go into anything political. If it was going to happen, it was going to happen, man. And yeah, like you, if you're one of the lucky ones, be thankful for that because there are those of us out there that weren't so lucky and are still struggling. Mm -hmm. So definitely always be thankful when you're able to go through a rough time. Yeah, for sure, man. That's that's awesome. And congrats I on the marriage. I lost you there, um, Red. Oh, I don't so know. I, I heard him, so it might have just been on your end that we lost the audio for a bit. Oh, I'm, I'm sad. We got, we got one hand up, too. Uh, someone else wanted to share, so I'll go ahead and lower your hand now. Feel free to share whenever. Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, So, yeah, um, I uh, man, that's a, that's a hard question to answer. This has been a really, really rough year. Right. Um, of what to be uh, uh, thankful for. Uh, first off, I want to say I'm thankful for my health. Um, I'm thankful. Um, I actually just celebrated my one year in a wedding anniversary a, a few months back. So congratulations to uh, the guy who just got married. Yeah, um, you as well. You know. Yeah. Thank you. Um. You know, I want to say. Um. This is going to sound really, really weird, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm slightly grateful for. I'm not going to say the virus because that would be really. It's not right, but mm -hmm. I'm grateful for the fact that this, uh, these, these certain course of events has caused us to have to find other means of creativity. You know, uh, as, as someone that is also a podcaster, a writer, I, I usually, I'm used to going out to reviewing conventions and things. I've, I've not been able to do the things I want to do as well for my career. So it's had to force me to basically find other ways to be creative and to do other and have other means of, uh, of advancing in that. So I'm grateful for, I guess, whatever force you want to call it, kind of having to sh find, make us, if you will, evolve as a species and try to find other means of maybe either be, being better humans mm -hmm. as well uh, and, and trying to be better to each other and uh, I'm grateful for that. This has been a very, very rough year. 
uh, in so many different ways. And it's uh, the challenge is trying to find the light in the darkness, if you will. Mm -hmm. So uh, if this year has taught me anything, it's to just be thankful for the little things. Don't take the little things in life that you have for granted. You know, learn to be appreciative of what you do have. I have a roof over my head. I have food and things like that. So that's definitely received wholeheartedly on my end. In the chat, we got nothing but appreciation saying, hell yeah, congrats uh, to you and 100% agreed. That's awesome, man. I, I agree with you 100%. I think that, you know, it's important to reframe COVID the best we can, right? I think that it's given everyone a, a, an opportunity to reflect and an opportunity to change things up in their life if need be, you know, or if possible, right? It, we have to weigh the bad with the good. And don't get me wrong, there's plenty of bad. And like you said, 2020 has been one hell of a year. And so there, it's hard to think of what you're thankful for. But if anything, this is probably the best time to, to do it. So yeah, no, thank you all for sharing. Um, if, if we missed anyone, if anyone has anything else that they want to share, um, the question was just what are you thankful for in 2020? Feel free to drop your responses in the chat, or if you want to share verbally, feel free to raise your hand in Zoom and uh, let us know, and we can call on you. But yeah, thank thank you all for sharing, and it was great hearing a little bit of positivity, right, in this in this year of COVID and craziness and everything else, for sure. I agree. Now, speaking of COVID, this Thanksgiving, I'm sure, because we're doing this post the Thanksgiving meal, I'm sure mm -hmm. there's a lot of leftovers in the refrigerator. COVID has made Thanksgiving interesting this year yeah. uh, in the nature of Say What Needs Saying. Uh, how did you guys feel about how the country had to morph its Thanksgiving? How do you feel that you had to stay within your homes or only 10 people or if you had too many cars parked outside, the neighborhood snitch would report you to the police? How did you feel about COVID and Thanksgiving and how did you and your family handle it? So like always, let us know in the chat or raise your hand and we'll let you share. Oh, uh, no, I started the last one. You you go ahead and take this one. Oh, me? Oh, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, what do you think? From, because I was, you know, I was, I kind of had to be somewhat on call. Uh, I appreciated it. Uh, less people, less interactions. I'm kind of uh, draconian almost in that measure that I don't, I don't care. I'm tired of this virus. Anyway, we can get rid of it. I'm, I'm, I'm down for. Uh, it's very disappointing, but... I fear more for the aftermath, which mm -hmm. will be Thanksgiving. I mean, which will be Christmas because people are going to be like, yeah, I missed my family. I really want to see them before this year. And then mm -hmm. that will even drive up more numbers than I think Thanksgiving would. I think there's ways that people went about it like sneakily. Like they didn't, you know, they had small numbers, but then no one wore a mask, which, you know, if you're coming from different households, if you go into grocery stores and then no mask and then the same clothes with the COVID, kind of counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's certain aspects of living in a society that we cannot avoid. And that was the best way that we went about it. There was no fusses. There weren't many fusses. There weren't many um, people being like, conflated with that information because we saw the numbers of COVID. So, yeah, that's 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 where my head was at. What about you? I'm I'm kind of the opposite. I, I think that, you know, I don't get me wrong. I get where all of them were coming from. I get the, the sentiment underlying them and the sentiments and everything I'm perfectly fine with. If, you know, if Whitmer wanted to, I, I say Whitmer because I'm in Michigan for those that don't know, I'm not just picking on her. Um, if Whitmer wanted to come out and say openly, look, it's a really bad idea. You shouldn't gather or you should be careful. I think that's very different from a mandate. I think it's really different 
for you to actually potentially enforce it and actually potentially go and and punish people for it right as opposed to just encouraging better behavior so i i'm personally against the orders um right i think that it's one thing to order you know no gatherings more than 10 in public or in you know confined spaces of businesses or or places out you know whatever i i, I still have my feelings about those but Admittedly, it's a little bit less strong feelings about it, but there's something just very wrong feeling about someone telling someone in general, but then specifically the government saying, if your family is larger than 10 people, you just can't see each other. You can't go and spend the holiday with each other. You know, Mm -hmm. I that's that's not meant to attack anyone who is skipping thanksgiving or did skip thanksgiving right if you felt like there was too much risk and you decided to stay home or not gather with people outside of your immediate family that's perfectly fine right and i'm i completely 100 percent support your decision to do that but i just feel like there's something inherently wrong about the government saying you're not allowed to see your family or we could potentially arrest you, right? And I think the ex- the extreme of that was seen in, in Oregon and New York, um, where people were actually responding to it with, in Oregon, encouraging people to snitch on people that were breaking the rules. And in New York, Cuomo came out saying that he didn't consider cops that didn't enforce the, the rule, he was saying that he didn't consider them real uh, law enforcement officers. So... I I think it's a a bit out of hand. I think it's a bit too draconian. I completely get what you're saying from the healthcare side, but yeah, I personally, I disagree with it. Oh, Um, of course. I mean, I mean, that's, that's natural in the nature. Any hands up? Uh, Yeah, we got one. So I'm going to lower it now. Feel free to go ahead whenever. All right. Thanks guys. Um, Yeah. uh, I'll tell you what, so for our Thanksgiving, uh, we actually, so we live in Southern Indiana and we did, um, go to another household for Thanksgiving, but they don't live that far away. So I kind of struggled with this because um, Zach, I get what you're saying about the draconian. Like we shouldn't, you know, uh, go telling people how many people should be in their household. But on the flip side of that, you know, um, let's talk about what happened a hundred years ago. Okay. 1918 Spanish flu, uh, H1N1 uh, back then, you know, we're seeing a lot of uh, parallelisms and similarities between what happened over a hundred years ago into today. And, um, you know, you had uh, back then you had anti-maskers, you even had businesses who were actually businesses, believe it or not, telling uh, people they shouldn't, you know, that they shouldn't wear a mask. So, I mean, we're seeing a lot of similarities between a hundred years ago and now. My thing is, is that I feel as if, um, so like what we did was we stayed, we're we're within our own state and we traveled maybe less than 10 miles to go to somebody else's house, which we consider family to have Thanksgiving. And there was, I think, only like four of us in the house. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel that something like that, totally fine. Because I think in, I think within this virus, we have to have compromise, right? There has to be a compromise, not a um, – this isn't a dictatorship. We shouldn't be telling people what they should do, and that's the law. I think there needs to be a compromise because, let's face it, this virus isn't going away anytime soon, I don't think. And even with a vaccine, it's not going to go away anytime soon. We're going to have to still deal with it. It's going to be a part of our life now. Yeah. So we have to do compromise so I feel like the compromise here, and I was talking with my wife about this, is maybe not so much have uh, state-to-state travel. We, we shouldn't have people flying from Florida to, say, Montana, or probably people flying from New York City to, say, West Virginia, mm-hmm. things like that. 
Um, I, I don't think that should be a thing because you have states that are hotbeds, you know, like your New York City, you know, your New York, your your Florida, and then you have states that are just really not in that hotbed, like, you know, um, some of the Northwestern states, for example, are not so much. So we, we don't want the, the, the spread to be uh, 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 nationwide. You know, we don't want the whole country to be a hotbed because there's not going to be those levels, of, those low levels of infection. So my thing is that um, <clears throat> I get what you're saying, Zach, about, about, you know, we shouldn't have that dictatorship but at the same time. You know, uh, I feel like we have to have a compromise. And we're in a uh, situation that, you know, uh, we've not experienced. This is something that we've not experienced, right? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's been the problem with this whole thing is there are a lot of people that don't have the patience for this. And they're going to have to have the patience for this. Otherwise, uh, we're going to be dealing with this for for much longer. So if we don't do the things we should do now and... What we should do can vary depending on who you listen to, right? But the country as a whole has has to get on a universal page at some point on on how to do this and how to make things work because we're not going to cancel, you know, uh, Thanksgiving. We're not going to cancel Christmas. We're not going to cancel birthdays or Halloween. You know, I don't, I'm not for canceling uh, uh, those kind of things. But you know, um, as someone who works in the convention scene. You know, uh, are we, you know, I remember talking to somebody, are we ever going to get back to having um, 60,000 plus people at a convention center again? (laughs) So, you know, um, you know, uh, we will at some point, but things are going to change. It's uh, it's Darwinism at its finest. You know, there's survival of the fittest. You have to evolve with the things that happen. That's how I feel about it. But um, but as far as my own Thanksgiving, yeah, we we had it. It was great. You know, we all pretty much made sure that we were okay in some way. Like we did, we took our temperatures and things like that. So we did those things. And I feel like that might be what people should do is just say, Hey, look, let's take some precautions because it doesn't hurt to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel about it, guys. Yeah. No, thanks for sharing. Well, thank you. We got a couple comments. I was just going to read through them real quick. Um, so we had first one. I think this was we were talking about what people were thankful for said with this year, I've definitely come to see who the real friends are and made some good friends through the year as well. Like the great ish, my brother from another homeland. And of course, Zach and B. Thank you. And then uh, that person said for my family, it stayed pretty much the same Thanksgiving. I don't have a big family down here. Same with my wife. So for us, it wasn't a big difference personally. Also in the South, that whole snitching crap isn't a thing. Ha <laughs> ha. And then we got someone that said the feelings are mutual. Um, and then someone else asked, why didn't they just issue a stay at home order instead of making the family statement? I think that at least so I can't speak for everywhere. Right. But I can speak for Michigan. At least in Michigan, there is a stay at home order. Um, so there is a stay at home order in place. If you rather if you can't work at home, then you're still allowed to go out. But if you are able to do your work from home, then you have to stay at home and do that. Um, and a lot of other things are still closed. So I think and this is take this with a grain of salt, because I'm not fully sure. But I think that the the statements about 10 people or more were added in because they hadn't had anything specific to private gatherings inside. Um, I think that they had had outdoors gatherings restrictions and things in public, but I'm not sure if they had anything specific to in the home. Uh, I could be wrong, though. If anyone else has any thoughts on the COVID restrictions or doing Thanksgiving this year, oh, we do have one other hand up. 
Yeah, I just wanted to chime in that a state or a federal a mandate sounds very appealing, right? It sounds like, okay, we can curb the spread of the virus during a holiday season where a lot of people typically gather. It sounds appealing and it sounds like it should work, but it doesn't work um, in reality because it's very difficult to enforce it on people. Um, it's very difficult to go in people's homes and measure how many people are in homes and how much of that will actually happen probably not another talking point that you typically see from from the left is that okay like if you have more police uh, enforcement then disproportionately black and latino folks are mm -hmm. affected well the same thing will happen with this if you right. because black and latino families have larger families so they're more likely to gather and uh, you'll see that they will be affected more because of this. Again, you'll see disproportionate effects of this on certain types of communities and, and families. So again, in principle, it sounds great, but in reality, it's very difficult to enforce. You can give people guidelines. You can give people suggestions. You can have a very good public health campaign regarding the effects of this during the holiday season particularly when a lot of older folks are gathering with younger folks, intergenerational ming mingling, uh, which can be risky to older individuals, people who are immunocompromised. But again, it's it's difficult to enforce it. That's, right. uh, that's I think, the, the, the point that I wanted to make. Yeah, that's a good point. And it's something that's come up with pretty much every COVID restriction that's come up and lockdowns and mask mandates is well, what about the enforcement? And I'm of the belief that if you set any law, you should have the capacity to enforce that law. And if you can't, you're going to lose credibility. And all of a sudden, people are going to stop following that law. And it's just going to spiral and snowball. So with mm -hmm. stuff like this, you know, you see it with mask mandates. And in, you know, in any state with a mask mandate, sure, you'll see most people are wearing a mask. That doesn't mean everyone is. That doesn't mean everyone is following the lockdown orders. And those people aren't going to jail, right? And so mm -hmm. credibility in those laws spirals and decreases. And so something like this, yeah, there's no way to... That, that's why cops in New York were like, yeah, no, we're not enforcing this. <laughs> we're, we're not going to be able to. Looks like we got one more hand up. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to follow up too uh, with the conversation. As far as enforcing goes, you know, I, I know that you can't make humans do what they don't want to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we were all children at one point. We had parents try to do that to us. And look, even as children, we um, didn't do everything our parents told us to do. So we can't expect uh, adults to do the same. Okay. So, you know, there's the thing about, well, why don't we make it a law? Well, I don't think that's going to work either because then everybody will either go to jail or they'll, uh, they'll impose fines. And let's face it. I mean, how many people really pay fines? They don't, right? Yeah. So here's how I feel that it starts. I feel that the enforcing of things needs to fall upon the businesses because I'm, you know, we all go, we've all gone shopping or have gone out to a store at some point during this uh, pandemic. And, you know, you see the signs that say a facial covering is required before coming in. But how often are they really making it a requirement? So the thing about it is uh, if these businesses would do their due diligence because they have the right as a business to not serve a customer and you know you'll have people saying well i have a constitution okay you might have the constitution but that doesn't always work because businesses are a private entity 
business owners absolutely have the right as long as they're not discriminating anybody like you know i can't kick you out because you're black or i can't kick you out because you're gay whatever as long as as long as they make it very clear that they are having that you can't shop here if you don't have a mask on i think that's how you get more people mm-hmm. to do it and um because I, I was looking at you know i was thinking about my own self how often are we really wearing masks let's think about this for a second are we we're not wearing them all the time we don't wear them within our own homes. I would hope none of you wear your masks at home. You're at home. The thing is, um, probably the only time we ever really wear a mask is when we're going shopping or going to the store. And if we have a job, if we're working in retail or, or, or place of, uh, or at our jobs, let's put it that way, where we have to wear a mask. I work from home, so I don't have to wear a mask. Uh, you're probably roughly going to be spending, I would say, out of all of the, out of your entire day, probably about maybe 40% maybe 50% of your day wearing a mask. Uh, if you have a place of business you work at or where you work at requires you to wear one. We're not really wearing them that much. And the thing is, is that if these businesses would actually enforce these policies, I mean, I think it's a little oxymoronic to tell people on a, I think it's a waste of printed paper and ink and time <laughs> to post signs on store doors that say facial coverings are required upon entry. And then you don't, do it. It's kind of like the same thing as the no shirt, no shoes, no service deal. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So, I mean, and, um, you know, uh, then they say ADA. Well, that's not how that works because you can't ask people for proof of their, uh, you know, medical concern. Right. And let's face it, you know, we live in a, uh, is, this isn't, this isn't 1918 guys. This is 2020. Right. We have technology. We just curbside service. There's, you can order online. I mean, there's, there's, there's ways, there are ways to be able to do things and not have to go anywhere. I could, I could literally sit in, I could sit in my house probably all the, the whole year and have food, uh, groceries and everything delivered to me. I could ever need to survive from Amazon and not have to ever go to a store, you know? Right. I completely agree. But I think the issue is, and I think the nature of America is we, mm-hmm. every American can do that, but to tell an American they are only allowed to do that is the issue. No, and, and I get that. And, and it comes back to that dictatorship mindset because you don't want to do that. But at the same time, if we do it, we're not going to do it for a long time. This, is, this isn't, this is you know, we're not, you know, ni- 1918 was over 100 years ago. Are we still doing the things, you know, have we, have we had to wear masks ever since 1918? Have we had to do all this stuff since then? No. Did things have to change because of it? Yes. Things are going to change because of this, whether anybody likes it or not. Life is not going to be the same. We're not going to go back to doing things the same way we did before. I don't think we're ever going to go back to doing things the same way we did before. And But the thing is, is I get what you're saying, Brandon, is, you know, we, it's, it's people don't like being told what to do. That's life. We all have a boss. Yeah. We all have a boss. We don't like being told what to do. That's just an innate part of our nature as a human. Mm-hmm. We don't like being told what to do. And I, I, it kills me when I talk to some people, preferably on the right, who tell me, I, and I'm not, and I'm not a, I, I'm not a, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a liberal. I'm not on any. I'm an American. That's how I am. I, that's that's me. But I hear mostly from the right that they they, t- they act like they're locked in their homes and they're chained up and they can't do anything. And I'm like, I've never felt that way. Mm-hmm. I go for walks. I take my dog for walks. I. I take drives. I mean, unless you don't have a car, I take a drive. I think it's weird. I, I see people wearing masks in their car when they're driving by themselves. Like that's kind of weird, but okay. But I don't feel like I'm trapped. I don't get this sense of I can't do anything. And I've been able to live my life just fine. And I'm an extrovert. I'm the probably one of the most extroverted per- people that I know. Does it suck? 
yeah, but do I know that it, is this going to happen for the rest of my life? No, you know. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, we, we got a couple more comments that I wanted to get before they get lost in the chat. Um, so we got one. My job takes our temperature to enter, but after that we are asked to wear a mask, but don't exactly have to if we don't want. We got one that said if people just did what they were supposed to do and used common sense, there wouldn't have to be mandates. I've heard that one before, and I so I agree, right, with the principle, right, that obviously if, if people as individuals functioned and took care and acted in a way that was best for the greater good, then obviously, you know, there would be no need for mandates. My, my problem, though, comes with what happens with the enforcement of the mandates, right? So we've talked a lot about the lack of enforcement, but I'm also concerned with when the enforcement happens, is it so because every law... On some level, every law ends with the barrel of a gun, right? Every law ends with a an arrest or a, you know, whatever. And I think that if, you know, if this logic were to be applied to what we were talking about, right, Thanksgiving gatherings of 10 plus, you know, you could say, oh, well, if everyone just did what they were supposed to do and used common sense and didn't gather with their friends and families and neighbors, et cetera, et cetera, then we wouldn't have to restrict their ability to gather for Thanksgiving. But that still means that if people do decide to gather for Thanksgiving, you know, with 10 plus that presumably they will get arrested. This is assuming enforcement actually happens. So I, I think that it's it's I, I understand the sentiment of that comment. And I agree. I mm -hmm. wish more people were wearing a mask when they were supposed to. I wish more people were socially distancing responsibly. I wish people were, you know, evidencing the individual responsibility that's necessary for a small government to do a good enough job but i don't know how far that argument goes right if it goes to say if it justifies the mandates in and of itself or not but that's just my my personal take right i know a lot of people feel that same way but then we also have one person with their hand oh we got two people with their hands up um so i'm gonna go to Ooh. the the first one that the one that was up previously um and then as soon as this person's done i'll go ahead and lower the second person's hand and you get you can go ahead yeah, I just wanted to add to the excellent points brought up by Brian about the the fact that if there was such a mandate, it could be enforced through the businesses. Um, and there's an infrastructure already to do that. That is, let's say if you take restaurants, for instance, they have food standards, they have uh, service codes for safety regulations. I personally would not go to a restaurant if someone, if a chef or someone is uh, serving without a mask on. So enforcing it on businesses like that is possible because there's already standards, there's already an infrastructure to do that, and there's a good reason for it. And at the same time, enforcing it at homes does not work because of the impracticality of it. Right. Now, for a mask mandate, that also depends on the type of situation and will best likely happen through local government, depending on the situation. For instance, if you are in a crowded city like New York City, then it makes sense that you have more of a mask mandate locally because of the density of people around you. If the goal is to curb spreading of the virus. For states where it's sparsely populated, maybe some other measures is needed as opposed to a mask mandate. It is probably best enforced through uh, local governments. It, it's, it's very difficult to have a blanket mandate. I do agree that there needs to be some sort of a mandate because it is a pu public health issue. And without any regulation, any uh, mandate, people will see this as, okay, our government is failing again. 
that's why I do think that there needs to be some measure, some form of a mandate that will be best implemented at the local level. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Oh, we have another hand up, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, go ahead. This is Jack O'Halloran. I, uh, I've been listening to all the comments being made on this. Uh, and I, I want to ask you a question. Have, have you ever been to a, a social socialized uh, country that is total socialism? Have you ever spent any time there? Why do you think all the people from those countries migrate to America? I think I recently saw a conversation that almost expounded upon this. It was that socialism has worked, has been attempted in 42 countries, but hasn't been properly. It's never uh, worked anywhere. It's never worked anywhere, right. I think. And, it's, and it takes your freedom away 100%, okay? Mm-hmm. And what you're seeing in, in our country, and this is a great country. And, you know, first of all, if you speak to uh, very intelligent doctors who deal primarily with the immune system, there is no vaccine for an immune system. If there was, they would have done one with AIDS. There is no vaccine. They're trying to, they, they want to chip everybody. All this social standing away from each people six feet apart and all this stuff. There's reasons for these things being done that people are not really looking at. Okay. All the business shutdowns and all the closures of every small business is forcing people into asking the state for support Mm. because you're taking away livelihoods. You're stripping people of their dignity. You're pushing people away from people. When this country thrived on people being there for their neighbors. Mm. But this isn't just happening with this virus. This has been going on for 30 years. Or better, pushing people away. Social media, people texting each other instead of meeting each other face to face. I'm 77 years old. I've lived through a few times in my life. I've been to socialistic countries and seen how people are stripped of their dignity. And I never want to see that in America. And it's going that way. And that's sad. That's very, very sad. What do you think would be the best course of action for America to, I mean, not only to, I guess, to get out of this in your words, socialistic mindset and to get out of COVID. Well, how, what do you... I, I you know, I, I'm not saying there's not a virus. Right, right. Okay? right. Mm-hmm. I think it's a man-made deal, mm-hmm. the same as AIDS was. But when the AIDS virus came out, I don't know how old you are, if you remember, when AIDS virus first came out, people told you, oh my God, you can't be in the same room with a person. You'll breathe it in. That's a lie. Or you can't shake hands or touch a person because you'll catch AIDS. That was a lie. The fear that they try to instill in people as individuals is really frightening. The fear that they're putting in people now. They found out that AIDS could only be passed blood on blood. And they never came up with a vaccine for AIDS. And the man who discovered AIDS and put it out there into the world did it for a primary reason. And was there a cure for AIDS? Is there a cure for AIDS? There's some people in the world that have been AIDS ridden that are totally free of AIDS. And they'll never tell you how that happened to them. Look at Maggie Johnson. Look at a few other people who were totally AIDS-ridden and their bodies totally free of it. There's no HIV in their bodies whatsoever today. Right. I remember uh, Maggie Johnson saying he takes a, you know, a cocktail of medication. He's also you know, a multi, multi, multi-millionaire who can afford that level of medication. Well, he went to a place where they, they, they go through a series of injections. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what he did. I know exactly what several people like him did. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that what fear people put into people 
is sad. Mm -hmm. The way people have forced people to separate from each other is mm -hmm. sad mm -hmm. to watch. In a great country, we have a great country that's being victimized right now. And this is something that was started back in the 30s. The Gates family back in the 30s wanted to sanitize society. They wanted to sterilize people. That's what they're trying to do right now. Put such fear in people that you're afraid to talk to your neighbor. Mm -hmm. But you see, this all started, if you look, if you open up your eyes and look at what happened to this country, and it started in the 50s with, 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 when, they, when they started putting people on welfare. And Roosevelt had the answer. If you want to collect a check, go out and clean up the garbage in the streets. Fix the holes in the streets. Do something. I, I hear what you're saying. I, I definitely understand your perspective. Um, we definitely got a couple of comments. Uh, we definitely want to touch on Zach if you want to touch mm -hmm. on those comments. Yeah, sure. So we had. Um, so I wanted to get to one first that was from a little bit before, um, just so it doesn't get lost. It was when we were talking about mask mandates. It says, I love looking into how Japan does it, mainly because they have been a mask wearing country for decades, simply because if they feel sick, they just have always worn one as not to get anyone else sick. Now, granted, for them, honor and respect play a huge role in their culture. But yeah, like it or not, honor and respect on that level is not that American. We're a more, I want to do what I want, and you can't stop me because I'm American. Not literally for the most part, but yeah. So yeah, I agree that that American personality is, is very different from, from what you see in Japan. And you know whether or not that kind of cultural mask wearing would be possible, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't. You, 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 you're stating on the statement about why in Japan and places like Beijing and all, they wore masks. Do you mm -hmm. know the real reason why? Pollution. They did things, they, they created product in, in the way that it was done back in 1900. They, they burnt bad fuel. They did things that created a pollution level that was unhealthy. Japan yeah. has cities that are so populated that anything mm -hmm. spreads. It's unhealthy. Well, New York is but pretty... pollution is the worst thing that they have there. If you ever saw the Olympics when they had it in Beijing, they had to stop having automobiles in the city for six months prior to the Olympics, just so they could get a clear enough sky for the television stations around the world to see the Olympics perform. I do remember hearing an article on that. I, I, that one that's truth, that. though. But that's truth. That's not fiction. That's truth. All right. The and pollution we... level in, 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 in Beijing and places like that is so bad that it causes respiratory problems for people. That's why they wear a mask. Yeah, and I know I, that know, the I, pollution is, it, it is a factor for sure. It is part of it. Um, definitely, as someone commented, it's definitely not the only reason. There, you know, there are other reasons as well. Um, but we do have someone else with their hand up. Um, I think that they wanted to respond to what Jack was saying because their hand's been up for a little while now. Sorry for missing you, but feel free to go ahead whenever. All right. Thank you, guys. So, uh, yeah, Jack, sure. I, I, I hear what you're saying, man. And, um, you know, here's the thing. This is a classic example of someone who thinks socialism is bad. I'm going to tell you something. Do you enjoy the fire department? Do you enjoy the police department? You know, there's there's Social Security. FDR introduced socialistic programs when he was the president. They're all things that we enjoy. And the thing about it is, is that when we have these programs, they're not bad things. And this the, the, the term socialism has had this twist on it ever since the Cold War. 
right? I'm a historian. I'm a history buff. I know this. I know these things. And we're talking about socialistic countries. You say you've been to so many socialist countries. I'd love to know which ones. Because when we're looking at Scandinavia, countries like Denmark, uh, Norway, for instance, who uh, of which Norway has pretty much a very similar GDP, gross domestic product, uh, such as the United, uh, you know, per capita, like the United States, where we kind of shared the same GDP. However, uh, they enjoy universal health care, child care, elder care. They're also enjoying tuition-free university. And they also have uh, 12 months of paid paternal leave, not paternity leave, paternal leave for both parents, because for some ridiculous reason, we don't do that for fathers like we do mothers here. Uh, and they also have a very, very nice social safety net. So, I mean, to say that socialism is entirely bad, it isn't, because you have to look at it from a certain point of view. And the thing that a lot of people have a problem with is that socialism is a word that a lot of people, specifically on the right, like to use as a scare tactic to try to make people think that it's bad. And it's absolutely not bad. There are very fine examples, if you do the research, which I do, that will show you this is not the case. Not only that, but the whole mask wearing thing um, in Japan, they've been, they've been doing that for a long, long, long time. And it's not just because of the pollution in the air, which was in Beijing, not in Japan, by the way, that's, that's, that's Beijing in China. Um, the, uh, the, the whole deal with that is that's a, that's, that's a culture that is all about honor and respect and honor within your families, even. I mean, you know, you you have families there that will dishonor their, their kids if they're not going to college for things, right? It's an entirely different culture that you cannot compare here. We, we can't compare ourselves to Japan. But they but but to, but to say that it, it kills me when I hear people talking about socialist and pro, socialism and socialistic programs. We use these all the time. Medicare, fire department, police department. So all socialism is is the government providing us with the things that we need. And, you know, we're going to talk about healthcare. I've, I'm a firm believer that healthcare is, and the, and the, and the, is a right, is a basic human right to be able to, to live. Mm -hmm. And for some ridiculous reason, there are people out there who don't think so, that you have to work to have the, the right to live or that you have to work to have healthcare. That is absolutely insane to think that, that we should have to, uh, that our that our health should be defined by our socioeconomic status. That is a bunch of BS, and I and I I will never buy that. I don't care who you are. That the right to live should not be based off how much money you make. It should never be based off how much money you make. And I can't believe that there are still people in this country today when we are one of the absolute look it up worst countries in the entire planet for healthcare, healthcare and education. We are by far the worst. And those are two of the most important things that any country should have is the ability to educate people and to make sure that they are going to live. And we fail badly on both of those issues. And it really upsets me when I still hear people such as Jack, once again, no disrespect. He is entitled to his beliefs and his opinion, but I, it kills me when I hear people who, who, who think that these are just, these are such bad things to want and have. And I have people even still to this day tell me it's a handout. It's not a handout. Having a right to, the basic human right to live is not a handout and it's not free stuff. It's not like we're asking for tablets or computers or electronics or TVs. It's, it's insurance. It's health insurance. It's healthcare. And there are a lot of countries out there. Jack, I don't know what countries you've been to, brother, but there are a lot of countries out there. I can't say I've been to one, but I'm enjoying some of those programs, such as Medicare, um, you know, and things like that. 
and they do work. I've been to free clinics. I've, I've had the pleasure of going to clinics that provided me with free for prescription drugs and, uh, and, uh, and doctor visits and things like that. I don't understand what is so damn wrong with those things. Pardon me. But what is so wrong with those things and, uh, you know, and, and telling people they got to raise taxes and stuff like that for so what for the greater good, that's I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And that's, that's my, uh, that's my response there. Let me interject something. Yeah, here, sure. Okay. I lived in Europe for 20 years in different parts of Europe on the Isle of Man in Ireland, in London, in Belgium. I'm in the movie industry. I was a sports celebrity. I've been to Germany. I've been to East Germany. I've been to Russia. I've been to countries that you have to be there, live there, and live like he, this gentleman was talking about socialized medicine. People that live in in those different countries, when they want proper medical attention, when they want specialists to fix them, they either pay out of their pocket for it or they come to America for medical treatment. Okay? So when people tell me socialized medicine, that that you know, it's all great that they'll come and take care of you and they'll give you certain medical treatment for uh, nothing or for a low cost of factor, but to get specialized medical treatment that you need for special things, you have to pay out of your pocket even there or go to America or somewhere where specialists are at, okay? I've lived there, so don't tell me that it just all blends in so sweetly. I, I, if I may interject, I, I, you may have lived there, Jack, but you're not the only person that has lived there. I don't know when you lived there. You say you lived there for 20 years. I don't know where you're living at now, but you're not the only person that has lived there. And, you know, uh, there, I know people, I, I know people right now that I could talk to that live in those countries and tell me that they are, they enjoy the benefits there. I highly doubt you have people now in 2020 coming to America from Norway, Denmark, et cetera. You know, all these countries are different. You mentioned Germany, et cetera. They might be, they might, they might be bad. I don't know that for a fact or not about Germany, et cetera. And you probably are right about that. But sir, let me, let me tell you something. Universal healthcare isn't bad in some of those countries either, as, as you make it seem. I you didn't say lived, it was terrible. I didn't say it was terrible. But it's not. But it's definitely far. It's definitely a cut above than the healthcare you receive here in America. That's a hundred percent fat because we are absolutely ranked as one of the lowest when it comes to healthcare in the entire world. When it comes thank to healthcare, big, you can thank Big Pharma for that. That's number one. And oh, number I, two, I you were talking about education. Let me explain something to you. When I was in school as a child and I was raised in Philadelphia and I went to Catholic school and I sat in classrooms with 75 to 90 children with one nun and we learned. You could hear a pin drop. And if you didn't pass your year, they left you back till you did learn. And then they put the push system in our educational system where people just got pushed through. And we had children sitting in 12th grade that were lucky they could read or write. So we have killed ourselves with our educational yeah. system, young man. I don't, I don't disagree with you on that at all. We, we have, I, we have I, gone I so far down the scale as far as our ability to read and comprehend. Our educational level has gone so far down the scale in the last 50, 60 years. It's, it's, it's terrible what happened to this country mm -hmm. on the educational level. Okay. I, Correct. I think the what you're referring to was the No Child Left Behind grant uh, issued by George George Bush. I believe that was in 2001. I'm not sure if you remember, uh, Zach. They, they yeah. were doing a push system prior to that. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the push system yeah. was pushing people through, and then 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 and then certain things that were supposed to be there for after school situations and everything are not there. Mm-hmm. Different activities, different clubs. So children became what they call latchkey children, where both parents are working and their child has nowhere to go after school. A lot of the social properties, problems that we have are derivatives of certain things that happened in this country. And unless you really are entwined in the country and understand the street level and the social level, you really don't know what really has gone on and what's really happened here. Well, and I think it's it's also important to distinguish, you know, you guys have both referenced socialism a lot. And I, I think it's important to talk about what what each of you are talking about, because I think you're both talking about something different. So I think what Jack's talking about is definitional socialism, which is where the government literally owns the means of production and is in more or less complete control of those things. Whereas Brian, I think, is coming in from more of the social programs aspect, socialist-esque programs. Um, Because like, if you look at Denmark, Norway, some of these countries that are often cited as, you know, the the quote-unquote socialist country, they're really not socialists. They're not socialist countries. They're capitalist countries with more extensive social safety nets than somewhere like the US, right? But if you look at some of the countries that Jack's talking about, right, where they were much more extensively socialist and they were much more extensively in control of the means of production and things other than healthcare and and education and and so on and and the fire department, whatever. Um, So I think those are two very different kinds of socialist countries, right? I think that it's one thing to say that the U.S. should not have any social programs whatsoever. And it's another entirely to say that the U.S. shouldn't allow itself to become entirely socialistic and allow the government to control the means of production, right? Because I think those are two completely different kinds of countries that, you know, are are, are very different. If you look at a country Wait, called well, New Zealand. One, one, one second, Jack. My apologies. We just had a couple of comments in the chat that we just had to get to. Um, one of them says, I speak to people around the world all the time, multiple from socialist countries. Is it perfect? No, they will tell you that it's not perfect. But when I tell them what my wife pays for her medicine, they're all in shock. My friend from Ireland, his dad lives here in America, but travels to Ireland for his medicines and care simply because it's cheaper to fly to Ireland and back than to have it done here. Not only that, no program is perfect. Everything will have a problem. Under the comment said it's not true, but then I think they responded to Zach when they said that is correct. America itself is not trying to be a socialistic country. And then another comment came and said, but most people are trying to use Cold War socialism as a means of scaring others into not using socialistic programs. It's like Thanksgiving is happening right here. <laughs> said uh, Another comment said, not only that, but since we know all these countries that have tried and failed, or it's not perfect, we can take all those, learn from it, and improve upon it. On paper, it seems easy, I understand. Now, with that being said, how many times in your guys' homes, or at least on television or a movie, did you see a conversation like this start to brew, where grandma says the prayer, someone grabs a cranberry sauce, and and, and the kids is playing in the pie, and, and a conversation about something comes up. And the kids' table is the most attractive table in the kitchen. My question to those who are listening live and within the Zoom call 
is could you give us an awkward Thanksgiving conversation that you either had to listen to or that you were a part of that was just like, this is not about the pilgrims. This is not about Thanksgiving. Uh, you guys can definitely throw your hands up or comment in the chat. Zach, do you have um, a awkward Thanksgiving conversation that you can remember or that you can recall on? I don't have one personally, to be honest, but I mean, I am also a straight white male who's typically been in <laughs> pretty pretty normal relationships. So, I mean, I know some of the more common ones aren't quite as applicable to me. I know I've heard a lot of friends, you know, talk about horror stories of family finding out that they were trans or finding out that they were gay or, you know, asking about relationship questions and then, you know, it, whatever else, right? But so nothing personally, but it sounds like we've at least got one person with their hand up now that has a story to share. So let us know. I'm going to lower your hand now. You can feel free to jump in after. Uh, let us know in the comments if you've got something else, if you have a story about a, a conversation that went awry during Thanksgiving, whether that's about politics, religion, relationships, what have you. Woohoo, 2020 Pots Giving. <laughs> oh, man. I uh, I feel like I've I feel like uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, I feel like we're having Thanksgiving again. Um, anyway. <laughs> I should have made some food for everybody. Um, <laughs> anyway, because it's because I mean, it's isn't it much more palatable when you're eating to deal with? Yes, this yes, yeah. something you know? in your mouth. <laughs> this is why this is why I'm so big. There's more food going in my mouth, so I can't I mean, say anything. I mean, I mean, it's 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 uh it's palatable too when when you have to ask for the person you're arguing with. Oh, can you pass the jam, please? Too? <laughs> right. But you you kind of got to You kind of you kind of can't bite the hand that literally is feeding you when you're talking about this stuff. You're good. Right. But, you're <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, it's going to go back to politics again, because here's the deal. Why is is it not ironic that we have to break bread three weeks after an election? I find that always really <laughs> odd. That um, <laughs> we just had a big election. Now we got to go circle around the table and try to play nice and now. But yeah. no, but um, I think some of the best conversations I've had, of, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, my previous marriage, I've been married twice. My previous marriage, uh, my wife and I at the time, uh, you know, we're, I don't claim I don't claim a political party. I uh, I probably lean a little bit more left than anything else, but I'm not I'm not going to say I'm a liberal or progressive, or whatever the flavor of the month is. But um, her uh, her parents were very hardcore conservatives and very uh, big. And her and her father, her stepfather, was a very big uh, one of those gun toting. Uh, Republican, big, big Trump supporter. And it was, it was right after Trump won. And it was just, uh, they, they knew I was a Bernie supporter and it was just bad. Like it, it got really awkward because like I said, min a minute ago, you know, when you're trying to say, Oh, Hey, can you pass the stuffing? Like it's, 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 it gets, I think that's really it. It, it, it got really awkward because, you know, he talked about uh, the fact that, you know, uh, uh, it, it was good that Trump's a not, not a politician and all this stuff. It just got, I mean, I can't, I can't really say a specific like story that was told, but it was right after when Trump won four years ago and we went over to the, their house and I just knew it was going to be like, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be very uncomfortable. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. And it was, it, you know, and this is the, this is the same person that, that was a very hateful person. And uh, I, I'm actually really glad that I'm not a part of that family anymore <laughs> uh, for that. For And, and it, has, it has nothing to specifically to do with his political, their political views, but the kind of people they were to begin with were just not so great. But yeah, sitting around dinner table, uh, dinner table after an election, especially the one four years ago, super awkward. And uh, I don't know if that was the case for, for you, Brandon or Zach, if it was, if it was that way 
after, you know, and like I said, I've always found it to be very ironic that almost three weeks after an election, we have to all circle around and break bread right. <laughs> yeah. and say a prayer or, you know, um, talk about what we're thankful for, you know, and things like that. And, and I think that, um, you know, I think it's also a good thing, too, that we do that because it kind of centers everybody like, look, at the end of the day, we're family. We don't always have to agree with everybody, right? That's the beautiful part about choice. You don't have to agree with your parents or whatever. But yeah, it was super awkward. It was kind of almost a in-your-face, like, ha, you lost. In-your-face. It felt that way. It was very in-your-face type of a uh, of a dinner. It was very awkward. Very, very awkward. That's rough. <laughs> Some of the uh, comments that we got from our social media channels, don't forget to follow us on Say What Needs Saying on Instagram and Say What Needs on Twitter and Say What Needs Saying on Facebook, especially for those joining us on Facebook Live. Um, one of the comments for this particular question was someone's mentioning their cousin's suicide in the middle of dinner. Oh, um, dead smack middle when the turkey was being cut because apparently that individual uh, committed suicide the day after Thanksgiving last year. So they were like, hey, what about that guy? And I was like, and that is a very, uh, that's a very rough way to introduce, that's how they introduced it. Like, what happened to this guy? And it was very rough for that family. So that's definitely an awkward, uh, wouldn't you say so, Zach? I can't imagine like the tension that would be in the air at that time. This is also another good time. I dropped it in the chat, but I wanted to say it for anyone listening live or listening to the podcast later. This holds true for everything, but I realize I haven't said it yet during this conversation, but just wanted to make it clear that anyone who shares their views or beliefs on Say What Needs Saying, their beliefs, their views, their thoughts don't necessarily reflect the views, thoughts, or beliefs of Say What Needs Saying, Brandon, or myself. I figured we should throw that little disclaimer out. We've had some very touchy conversation about a lot of different stuff. I wanted to almost highlight that point in and of itself. Mm -hmm. What you're feeling, the people, say for instance, you're listening to this, or if you're listening to this now, and you're hearing the rhetoric that previously transpired maybe six minutes ago, and you felt some type of queasiness in your stomach, or you felt, oh, this is a little too angsty, or this is getting a little heated. This is just regular conversation. This used to be just regular conversation. This is what we're trying to embody. So definitely embrace it. People like that don't just think it's just a one-off person. If you're on, you know, if you're again, if you are opposed to what um, the individual is saying, you have to invite those perspectives just to continue the idea of conversation. So though it may not have been the most appealing at the time, it does embody kind of what we stand for. Yeah. These ideas are out there. These ideas are out there. More people hold them, and there's, it's impossible to come to any kind of agreement or compromise or understanding of real truth if you just refuse to talk about them. So that's why we're here. That's why we're having these conversations, to get all the perspectives out, have people understand what, what the truth is, um, and then you know bring more perspectives to the table. But yeah, if anyone else has some awkward conversations that have happened during uh, Thanksgiving, feel free to let us know in the comments or by raising your hand so you can share with us. Uh, Brandon, what about you? Um, were there any other comments from listeners that had tuned in before? Um, no, uh, some of them just wanted to say it to me directly, not necessarily okay. for the, the pod itself. But I do remember... Uh, I remember visiting someone's Thanksgiving. This is from years ago. I don't even think they will be listening in any regard. Um, but this is, I was invited, so it's still my experience. Uh, there was a scandal that mm -hmm. happened. 
and a videotape was played on the television by the wife or fiance and the woman she was not the one partaking in the video it was a, a, a recorded sexual inter interaction and the lady who was in the video was also at the table so that in and of itself, listen we got sent to the room and heard screaming for two hours Jeez. and i had no seconds so that's why i remember it so well that's what i got from that um we got some uh some ch some uh comments in the chat it says next thanksgiving is a round table in person and my thanksgivings are boring as hell that's i think some people would more opt for the boring thanksgiving yeah, right than the riled up one you know yeah, I feel like it's one or the other, right? It's either you have crazy conversations and, you know, some uncle somewhere is, is drunk and making wild claims, or you have just a peaceful family dinner and, and conversation, and, and that's about it. So yeah, it's it definitely varies. You know, one thing I, I learned about Thanksgiving, it's interesting because we've been talking about politics a lot, we've been talking about government a lot. It's interesting. So I didn't know this before today, but so apparently George Washington was the one that actually proclaimed the National Day of Thanksgiving, right? And so this was in 1789. George Washington did it. Um, he asked people to gather on the last Thursday of November for Thanksgiving, um, and it was to give thanks for the establishment of a form of government for their safety and happiness. And so this actually got a decent amount of pushback from Congress because they said that this is me reading from the independent um, quote, some members of Congress objected, asserting that the authority to designate a day of thanks belonged to individual state governors, not the president. And so this state's rights argument has been going on ever since Washington. Right. And so it's interesting. It's something that doesn't come up anymore. It's something that we kind of take for granted. Um, what's everyone's thoughts on states designating holidays or federal holidays, right? It's something that, you know, admittedly, I'd never thought about until today, right? Usually with when we talk about state versus federal rights, we talk about, you know, the big stuff, what laws do they set? What, you know, punishments do they have for their laws? Where, you know, where are they given the authority, whether that's from the state constitution or federal uh, national constitution, and what are they allowed or not allowed to do? But what about federal holidays is something that we haven't really, that people don't often th think about. What's everyone's thoughts on that? Do you think that the federal government should have the ability to designate a new holiday? Um, if someone were to try to designate Thanksgiving 2.0 for something else, um, or do you think that that should stay on the on the state's level? Or to even undo it. Yeah. So do you think that there's, do you think that there should be any type of perspective of, should there even be a Thanksgiving? Especially since, and Zach, I don't know if you, if you could almost repeat, because this is the, this is new, the specific wording, this is new for me hearing it of why George Washington uh, brought, introduced the idea of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he wanted to give thanks for the establishment of a form of government for their safety and happiness. Um, so, so, had, so his him and the, the inception of this had nothing to do with Native Americans. What year was this again? Because this is this is groundbreaking. That was seventeen eighty nine. So it admittedly, you know, there's there's a lot of different things that have come up since then um, that people have proclaimed Thanksgiving for different things. Um, it wasn't until so 1863, then Lincoln was the one that actually established the regular tradition uh, of observing Thanksgiving of actually doing it. 
So I don't know. I, I won't pretend to be an expert. Uh, I don't know what Lincoln's motivation was. I don't know what all the presidents between Washington and Lincoln, what their motivations were. But at least according to the Independent, that's what Washington's original motivation was, was the formation of the government. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, admittedly, right, that's kind of different from a lot of the controversy surrounding Thanksgiving, too. You know, a lot of the controversy surrounding it is thought of as it's a holiday celebrating the conquest of the Native Americans, right? It's celebrating a lot of brutalities that may have occurred and whatnot, but nothing to do really with with that. So I was interested to hear it, you know, today. I Like I said, it's it's new information to me, but don't take it from me. Take it from the Independent. That's them, not me. <laughs> Well, I mean, even if let's, you know, let's wear these hats for a second. I'm going to let's let's go back and forth. So I'm looking at uh, looking it up or I'm on history.com and the establishment of Thanksgiving was in 1621. So between then and different articles say even Puritans looked at Thanksgiving as uh, as their Christmas. So then, OK, you said on Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln established Thanksgiving as a holiday. Uh, presumably, yeah, at least according to this article. So was would and granted, we could find more information. But the my question is, was his rhetoric echoing the same as George Washington? That also mm-hmm. echoes. You know what I mean, is there is there a consistency within the years? Granted, we're talking about some serious years in between, but it was the rhetoric the same, and has the purpose of it or the reason behind it changed? Granted, maybe yeah. the past sixty years has been consistent. You know, mm-hmm. maybe 60, 80 years has been consistent. But what do you, you know? What do you think? What is what is the Say What He's Saying Network? What does the Say What He's Saying World think? Uh, drop your comment. We have a hand raised. Uh, go right ahead. All right. Um. Yeah. So so Thanksgiving. Um. I'll we'll talk about the whole uh, canceling like holidays and things like that. As I, I mean, I, I'll just kind of reiterate a little bit what I said before. I don't feel like we need to go. At, we need to be canceling holidays, or <laughs> maybe maybe traditions need to be tweaked a little bit, but not flat out. Okay, uh, Christmas is canceled. Santa's got COVID. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, uh, stuff like that. I don't know if you guys saw or not. It was kind of cute. The um, I think the CDC put out a thing saying Santa Claus is immune to COVID, so don't worry about not Aww. getting visited from him. That's they cute. actually put out a That's thing. Cool. It was kind of cool. It was kind of cool um, to do that, but um, I, I don't think we should be canceling um, cancel culture. You know, uh, it, it can be a bad thing. It kind of depends on what it's for, what it's about. Uh, I don't want to see. I don't want to see like people canceling things. Um, you know, th- uh, I I, I kind of struggle with Thanksgiving a little bit because, and I do too. Kinda, you know, it, it's kind of a. It was modeled on the 1621 harvest by the English colonists of Plymouth and the uh, Wampanoag people, and uh, it's kind of crazy because there's a little uh, there's a little meme out there. And if you haven't seen it, I, I highly recommend you search it up. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Adam's Family Values at all? If you haven't, there's a little bit in there where there's a meme where it's Wednesday Adams, and she says, you know, uh, I've taken over your land. I'm going to scalp your people. Happy Thanksgiving. That's kind of the struggle there. It's kind of like the, the deal with Columbus Day. Should we should we uh, stop ha- celebrating Columbus Day? I mean, me personally, yes. <laughs> if, you, if you know the true history of Christopher Columbus, um, you, you would know that, that, that's, that, that I don't feel that that's a person that deserves to be celebrated. I don't know as far as, you know, I feel like this, here's the deal with these holidays. I feel like it's just kind of your own interpretation. It's kind of like Christmas. Christmas, I believe, started in Germany. And I'm pretty sure we don't do the all of the exact same things that stands a Christmas tree. That's where we got that. Absolutely not. America so, I mean, is very far away from the original Christmas. Tree. You know, yeah. so I feel like as with all cultures in life and, and all around the world, just celebrate the day how you want to celebrate it. 
right? And, and of course, right now in America, do it in a safe way, right? I've, all things considered, you know, uh, I'm not gonna, I don't celebrate Thanksgiving because of the pilgrims. You know, I don't do that. I, I, it's just to me, it's a day set aside to spend time with family and love once, and that's it. Unfortunately, it's also been turned into one of the biggest shopping days in the world in, in, in the year, too, which kind of sucks. Right. At the same time, like, I don't celebrate Christmas anymore for Santa Claus. I don't. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 36 year old man. I just don't do that. Now, I, I have, you know, there's traditions, and I know a lot of people have certain traditions. So, I mean, holidays are not so much about the government, and I kind of get that whole. Is it up to the government? Because look, let's face it. The only thing the government has to do with it is whether or not federal buildings are open and whether or not businesses abide by that day. That's about it. That's pretty much all they have a say in is that. I mean, I think even if the government decided not to celebrate, uh, we'll say Christmas, I don't think that businesses would reflect on that. I don't think they would. Maybe they would. Who knows? Uh, you know, I, I don't believe in government controlling everything. They're not going to tell me to not celebrate Christmas. They're not going to tell me to not have Thanksgiving. You know, I don't think that people celebrate Thanksgiving because of the pilgrims. You know, certainly uh, not everybody celebrates Christmas because of Jesus and that it being the Jewish holiday or anything like that. You know, there's there's multiple religious reasons for Thanksgiving at that. I, I don't think people do. I mean, you know, I know of atheists that celebrate Christmas, but they don't believe in Jesus or God or any of that stuff. They just do it because it's a gift giving time of year and the time to spend together with family. So make the holidays your own. Own the holiday. Own your holiday. Set, make some traditions. I think that this, uh, the 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 whole COVID thing going on this year has caused us to even make new traditions and have to do things differently. And that kind of ties back into my sentiment earlier of uh, the, the being creative and having to find new things to do, right? So I don't, yeah, I don't celebrate Thanksgiving because of a sub sixteen twenty one feast. I don't do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think anybody else does either, right? So I mean, uh, make 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 the holidays your own. You own it. Do what you you know. Do what you want to do. And if somebody has a problem with it, as long as you're not like doing something illegal. To heck with them, man. Just enjoy your day. Make it make it your day. Make it make it a day that you want to celebrate and how you want to celebrate it. Brian, I absolutely love that. Own your holiday. I love it. The next hand we're going to address, I'll let Zach release the hand. Yeah, you're up, Red. Hey, yeah. So first to tag on to uh, Brian right there. I'm actually the atheist that celebrates Christmas. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> that is me right there. Nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely, yeah, agree with a huge, huge part of what Brian just said. So probably not going to add much to it, but I will add a little bit, I'm sure. But yeah, like if, if you look into like specifically Christmas in general, like a lot of the traditions, not only did they originate from, you know, not from America, not necessarily either from a Christian religion, but from various different countries as well. Sinterklaas, which is like one of the origins of Santa Claus is from the Netherlands. You know, he, he, that's that's where that that started from. Christmas tree, I think, came from Germany. I think they're credited with the Christmas tree. And just various other traditions that we think are, you know, Christian or whatever. If you look into the history, whether you want to believe it or not, originate from various countries over there. And I mean, there's the whole, you know, modern Christmas is, you know, sort of Coca-Cola, you know, just for profits and whatnot. And I mean, if you look at it, especially how it is today, that's what it is. It's commercial, you know, a, a huge chunk of it anyways. You know, yeah, there definitely are those people that go all in. And I'm not trying to disrespect those who believe in any form of God. That's not me. But there are a lot of people that do believe in that wholeheartedly. And there are others that just see it as kind of like a, a another Thanksgiving, you know, 
just time to be with your family. Like if you think Thanksgiving, you know, you bring the extended family if possible. And Thanksgiving, I mean, Christmas is more of like the immediate family, like your husband's wives, kids, you know, whatnot like that. Like the whole war on Christmas, I know. I don't even know if that's been said yet this year. I haven't heard it, but they, I don't watch the news really. You would have we have to hear Mariah Carey's ah, <laughs> you know. But we, I, I haven't heard talk of the war on Christmas this year, and any time that talk is going, it's absolutely ridiculous because you can't cancel Christmas, you can't cancel Thanksgiving, you know. And if you want to look at Thanksgiving like historical origins, yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely got a shady past for sure. But like Brian, I don't think anyone really like sits down at the table and brings up anything from way back then. You know, it's just getting together with your family and having a good time, being thankful for what you've done that year and and looking towards the future. I think, you know, at the most part that, that at the most part, that's the heart of the holiday these days. You know, maybe back in the day, it was more of remembering what we did to the you know Native Americans, possibly. Who knows? But, you know, we live and we learn. And we I would imagine we've mostly grown out of that. And it's now just a time to get together with friends and family. And you, you can't cancel that. Like, that's just dumb. And the same with other holidays like Columbus Day. Is there, are we supposed to do something for Columbus Day? I know it's a day, but like, is, is there something that is supposed to happen? You know, like, like Thanksgiving, you get together with family, Christmas, presents, and family. Is there something that's supposed to happen for Columbus Day? That's like a legitimate question. I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's any real tradition for Columbus yeah. Day. It's just it's a day. Just a day. <laughs> and so, like, if someone wants to get rid of that person, I don't care, you know, but no one celebrates it because, you know, unless we're all wrong here, there's nothing to celebrate. You know, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I'm an atheist. I celebrate Christmas and Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. It's just fun times, man. It's, it's good to have that day to get together with your family. Even though you think of it, you know, it's, you should always be with your family, yada, yada, yada. Right. A lot of us work, you know, or a lot of us have other things going on. So it's nice to have a day that is federally recognized because you, a lot of us do get that day off. Right. You know, I yeah. don't usually, but sometimes I do. And when you do, you you're allowed to have that time with your family. Or it's encouraged. You know, so that encouraged. yeah, it's encouraged. Exactly, it's encouraged. It's helpful. You know, it brings people together. Even if it's just one day of happiness, it's still some people need that one day. Yeah, especially in the middle of an international pandemic, right? <laughs> in the middle of in the, in the middle of anything, but yeah. definitely this year. Yeah, right. like just one day or or two days if you want to count. Because I know with my family. And I know others as well. I'm sure some of you guys listen. Our, I guess, tradition we have as a family is everyone gets to open at least one present on Christmas Eve. And then everything else is the next day. Various families have various traditions and, and stuff that they follow. Christmas ham, certain recipes that you only make kind of like for Thanksgiving. You know, you really only have turkey turkey like this on Thanksgiving. Right. There are certain recipes we'll cook strictly because it's Christmas and really never any other time. Yeah. It's just a nice time to have fun, and you're cold. I, I, I yeah, like you want to be by a fire with family, cuddled up, you know, in blankets, watching uh, Jingle All the Way, and 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 Die Hard because Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I'll fight you if you disagree. <laughs> now, as a as a as a child of of a immigrant family, a lot of immigrant families still celebrate it. I know, I know all of the Jamaican households that still have you know celebrate Christmas. 
or yeah. celebrate a Thanksgiving. We have no ties. We get oxtail and jerk um, jerk gold or curry gold and have a good time and celebrate just like everyone else. I think that rhetoric still speaks because that's definitely still being fulfilled within the homes of America. As divided as we may seem, that's probably the most ubiquitous America kind of is, is around those holidays. We will address that hand up right now, Zach, if you don't mind. Yeah, for sure. So we've got one person with their hand up. Feel free to share in just a second. But first, I just wanted to post some links in the Zoom chat and let everyone know that's listening. If you have a free second, please go to either podchaser.com, Apple Podcasts, or Facebook and leave us a five-star review. If you've enjoyed this conversation, if you want to hear us do more of these conversations, please leave us a review on there and let us know why you like it. Let us know what you like about the show. Helps others find us and it helps us grow. But yeah, without further ado, uh, go ahead. The last person with their hand up. Yeah, I think uh, Brian and Red basically covered everything I wanted to say. Very well said. Definitely echo a lot of that. I just wanted to add that I don't think these holidays should be canceled. I know there's a movement from the left to maybe redefine or cancel some of these holidays. It really depends on the context. And maybe the the original question which came up, I think, Zach, you mentioned whether this should be left to the states as opposed to federal holidays. Is is that that the question? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very interesting question because from a practical standpoint, it makes sense to have a federal holiday because let's say you have family in different states, right? Mm -hmm. And if different states have different holidays, then not all of your family gets time off maybe at the same time. And then you can't have family gatherings for that reason. So it, it then it, it doesn't end up working because then you can't have family gatherings. And that's sort of the point of having a federal holiday so that your family, no matter where in the country is, there's a um, sense of belongingness, togetherness. But I do see the point that maybe some other holidays, maybe Columbus Day, um, let's say states like uh, Oklahoma or New Mexico, where there's a significant Native American population, maybe they want to uh, have state uh, legislation to uh, rename them as Indigenous Peoples Day. Maybe they, they want to vote on that on the st- state-based level, and the people maybe want to choose that to happen. So there there is an argument for it. I, I still have to think more about it. As of now, it seems a little impractical, given the fact that if everyone gets time off, families can get together. But maybe for other holidays, Columbus Day, maybe that's possible on a state level. Yeah. Now, I'm something, and I'm glad you addressed it, because like America, it's easy to forget or neglect or just, I mean, not even care for whichever minority is not the focal. So, you know, look at Native Americans. It's interesting when people bring up issues between well, white and black people specifically this year, at least <laughs> shockingly in the OR, that's actually a very common conversation. But when people bring up things that happen to African-Americans, they say, oh, but what about Native Americans? Shouldn't they be the most angry? But then we have a response from the Native American community that says, hey, can we rename this holiday? And, and America kind of responds with, nah, we already kind of, I heard one person that said, you know, we already took care of them, as in gave them the reservations, even though we knew that that was almost like a recipe for disaster for Native Americans and their communities. But I brought this up without not to have any merit. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Zwartpite. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. It's called Black Pete. It's a Dutch holiday where the people of Netherlands and Belgium were to paint their face black. In America, this is always blackface. And I guess internationally it is as well. 
Um, but the representation of Black Pete and any, anybody else want to chime in about Black Pete is kind of insensitive to the people who are of some type of mel- melanated background. And up until now, it's up until like the, the era of social media and just acknowledgement of this quote unquote woke era, they as a whole said, yeah, we're going to cancel this because it's, it's, it's offensive and it's ridiculous that you just put on paint on the face and, you know, go about go about your day like it's not a mockery or at least in a mockery of these this, this demographic. So do you think that America could ever follow it? Because we saw it. We saw its possibility because we saw it. It, it happened. It could happen. Do you think that could happen? Because of the fact that um, the this symbol that um, this country had, this Scandinavian country had of blackface, the fact that blackface itself is associated with a certain um, connotation, it, it, it seemed makes sense for them that they they decided, okay, we are going to let this go. But uh, in the U.S., like Turkey is not necessarily the bird is not necessarily associated with any racist symbol itself. So it might be harder to do that. Again, depends on the particular holiday you're talking about or depends on the particular symbol that you're talking about. So with, with the whole Black Pete, it's based off tradition and, and a character, right? In their folklore, which essentially is the elf. Like they have Santa Claus over there. So Black Pete was essentially the elf. Right. And he had to be a black person. Well, no, he was actually just covered in soot. So that's what made him, that's what made the character Black Pete. Was that he was Pete, but he was black because he was covered in soot. And people remember him by covering themselves in black paint. And that's uh-huh. the disconnect. So it's not necessarily a, they're not emulating a black person. It's it's just the fact that he was, got covered with soot. Is that right? Now that's the, that's the, that's the tale. It has in in history and it's I guess within the no seven, no I'm so, sorry to cut you off Brandon I'm looking at it right now it it says he is because he was a a more from Spain oh wow so, so it seems like he was it was more like a uh, uh, Middle Eastern it seems I'll, I'll go with that yeah he he was more Middle Eastern but but you you probably could be right you know because chimney sweep was a thing over there or back then for sure the only reason why I say that you're probably that he was probably black was because if they're more from Spain, Moors come from North Northwest Africa, Northeast Africa. So then I would guess that they would be uh, black or at least have that pigment, but a, a darker pigment. Yeah. Uh, but if, even still, whether he was black or, you know, a non-black covenant, soot, you know, he, he was a worker. He was like a slave or anything racist. So they like, I, I wouldn't even say they revere him. But he was just a popular guy in, in old folklore and whatnot, you know? It's like, you know, when we dress up as, as other people that we think are cool. Like, oh, I want to dress up like James Bond today. You know, or not today, but, you know, Halloween or whatnot. So for a lot of them, especially how it started, it wasn't essentially seen as, you know, racist or anything like that. But then with the, you know, the years go by and, yeah, like if you're an American or whatever and you look over and you don't know the tradition behind that, you would probably say, oh, what what are they doing? Right. You know, so it would take, you know, you have to look into it. But, you know, like you said, there there was a growing movement and over there to just go ahead and get rid of it. But they're, you know, like anything, when you try and cancel something, there there's an opposing side, you know, talking tradition and yada, yada, yada. Like if, if you want to compare it to, let's just say the Confederate flag, you know, there's a lot of people that say that was racist. A lot of people say that wasn't racist, but no one, like, historically, anyways, they'll, they'll say that. No one historically can really say that Black Pete was racist. 
You know, it's never was the intent in any form of history that you look into it for. Right. But nowadays people look at it. Like you just, it's more of like you just shouldn't do it. My, but then my question is because of uh, those Scandinavian countries, why would they cancel it? So granted, I'm on the side with you. It's not inherently racist. It's, it's specific to their culture. It's specific to the like their rhetoric and you know their folklore and whatnot. Why would they cancel it as a whole? Why would they you know reduce uh, uh, discourage the celebration of Black people to make everybody happy, I guess, or the majority happy? You know, again, you're, you're we're in a world today where you can look up anything from anywhere and everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, if if it was still like we were not as connected as we are today, they pretty much pretty sure they'd still be doing it. Oh, of course. But now that the whole world can look in. And again, like if, if if you're looking into it and you don't know any better, well, now they have to explain it. And I guess it gets aggravating to explain things like that's not like, come on, that's not what it is. You know, if you have, if you have to explain that every time somebody sees this holiday, it's going to get aggravating. So I just be easier just to stop it. Just like anything, you can you can say it's canceled, but guarantee you there are going to be people doing it this year. Right. And that's exactly why I'm glad it kind of naturally came back around. This is what I was this is one perspective that I was wondering. Do you think because of the world we live in, because we're in this this zoomed in hyper focused world where you can pick a country and almost you know pry it apart at its you know foundation and say, well, that's not that that's not that doesn't make sense. You guys need to cancel that. One, I don't think America will, but do you think America can succumb to that pressure? Canceling oh, yeah. what? Thanksgiving. Yeah, no. man. I not, See, not people say all lifetime. Back and forth. I don't See, know, man. This, come on, come on. Look, 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 hold on. Time out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a that, That's some new look, world order stuff. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. It's there. It's possible. <laughs> if there's no, no, no. Wait, wait. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you guys the, the a complete floor. Okay. But okay. it is, it is an injustice was done to millions of people. Put them in in reservations and, da, 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 and everything that's happened that you can Google. You can look at it. It's all there, and countries are looking at it. Do you think America? Will and not necessarily apologize. They kind of quote unquote did so with the legislation to yeah. them. But do you think right. that we can come to that and and go ahead? Let's let's have this conversation. Can I ask a question, Brandon? Go crazy. Can I ask yeah. a question. When you say like in terms of can America or will America ever cancel it? Like, do you mean make it and like against the law or like no. strip? Yeah, like like point. we're not going to celebrate it no more. Okay, like, so nationally, you- anyways. And I I would say there would not. Okay, in in speaking in the terms of America. There will not be uh, advertisements poised towards Thanksgiving. Mm, mm, nope. No. No. One, because no. you got to remember that's money. There's that's no money. Way and hell. America is money. So well, America yeah, created any holiday. America created Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We're we're gonna do whatever makes no, no, no. money. But America, even after America that, didn't create Black Friday. America. No. Uh, no. 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 Shopper consumers created Black Friday. The <laughs> consumers. Money. In money created Black Friday. Yeah, money money. Created and not only that, if you like take Thanksgiving off, you know, the federal holiday record books, people are still going to do it. Yeah. That's you know, it's, right. it's your time for yeah. family, man. That's really what, at least how I say it, that's what it is. People sure, say about Black Pete, but, you know, the, the Scandinavian countries didn't necessarily cancel, they just kind of discouraged it. And I think, Zach, you said right. yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think absolutely. I think now, what, what what Red was asking, no, I don't think it'll ever fully be canceled. I don't think it'll ever, you know, not be celebrated as a national holiday. I, I probably shouldn't say never, but I don't think that will be the case. But yeah, no, I mean, you guys are talking about money and, and the consumer driving it. 
We've seen recently the consumer and money driving a lot of social justice changes, some some for better, some for worse. But a lot of them, right, Webster changed the definition of preference within like a day of Amy Coney Barrett's um, confirmation hearings because uh-huh. um, was it Maisie Hirono or someone called her out for saying like, hey, saying sexual preference is offensive to people because it makes it sound like it's it's a choice or whatever. And then within like a day, if that Webster changed the definition of preference in the dictionary, you know, you've seen... Now? Uh, it just includes a another definition that says something along the lines of offensive C sexual orientation or something along those lines. So they specify that in there, right? So you see stuff like that. You see stuff like, you know, Facebook and, and other social media companies being pressured to stop providing ads for people. And so I think that when it comes to the people, the people won't ever forget about or cancel or get rid of Thanksgiving. Absolutely. But the woke crowd has a good grip on industries now and companies to the point where I could totally see pushing for a lack of Thanksgiving adverts or or things of that nature and a good number of companies going along with it. Let let me let me speak on this real quick, because here's the deal. Can we cancel Thanksgiving? We sure can. It'll just be called something else. You can stop calling it Thanksgiving. Right. It'll just be called something else. Because at the end of the day, what's it about? Getting together, like, like Red said, getting together with your family, sharing a meal. That's it, right? That's really what it's about. For, for the majority of for the for majority, the majority of people, for the majority yeah. of America. I have I myself, and I and I only speak for myself. And I'm not saying it doesn't. These kind of this doesn't this conversation doesn't happen. I myself have yet to hear anyone really talk about about Thanksgiving being a, a holiday that shouldn't be celebrated. It's kind of like I said about Christmas. Do we really celebrate cri- the reason for Christmas from years and years ago? No. But there wasn't, so, there, there wasn't um, a, a genocide associated with it, some might say. I'm being the devil's advocate. I get that. And I, no, 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 no. I, I get that. And I know, and I know exactly where you're going to go, Brandon. I get it. There mm-hmm. wasn't a genocide behind Christmas. There's a genocide behind Thanksgiving. And I completely agree with you on that. Let's, and, but the thing is, is that what are we going to focus on? Are we going to focus on the genocide? Or are we going to focus on people spending time with their family and friends to try to turn this bad event? It's really bad. I'm not saying like we should have a holiday to celebrate Holocaust, right? I'm not, you know what I mean? Like we just don't do that. We, now we, we don't celebrate it, but we talk about it. Right. Okay. There's a difference. It's good to talk about it. But when we go sit down with our friends and family, uh, you know, and maybe we should talk about that, though. That maybe that should be a conversation. Maybe we should talk about why Thanksgiving happened, what, what the real Thanksgiving is as a more of an educational purpose, not a let's go have dinner and sell and feast on the, the uh, genocide of millions of people that died hundreds of years ago. We're going to uh, I'm going to eat my drumstick, and my cranberry sauce because all these people died. Right. And I'm not, you know, not saying that, but I get where you're coming from, Brandon, is that I'm just saying, in essence, it's not going to matter what it's called. The core of the celebration is going to remain the same. It's going to be people getting together. You see, I'm, you see where I'm going with this? Oh, Advertisement companies, are just they're just going to change the name. Yeah. yeah. They're just going to change the name. It's going to, it might not be, uh, who cares if it's called Thanksgiving, call it whatever. It's going to still have, the, and, and, and in the back of some people's minds, you could change the name of it. It's going to still have that correlation to it. Right. So maybe it's going to come down to, should we even have a day? Because the thing is, is that you can call it Thanksgiving and then tie it to the pilgrims and that and there is that correlation there because that's the name. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, advertisement companies don't care. They'll change it to something else. If you want to call it uh, if you want to call it family get together day, they're mm-hmm. just going to change the name. It was the product placement advertisements will still be that that's not going to go away. You know, we might get rid of the name, 
but the core reason that, that's kind of what I'm getting at is the core reason why we celebrate the holiday is still there. Granted, yes, what what happened to the natives is is horrible. That's kind of why I made that reference earlier. The meme going around, oh, you know, uh, we, we're going to take over your land and scalp your people. Happy Thanksgiving, right? You know, I don't celebrate it for that. Surely none of us here celebrate it for that. Should we just forget about what happened? Absolutely not. You know, that we should never forget history. You know, I, and I'm I'm one of those people that I'm for tearing down the statues. I, you know, I'm not a black person and I'll never know what it's like to be that, to, to, to have to deal with what black people deal with on a day-to-day basis. And I understand my privilege. And I, and I, you know, like stat, having statues up of like Robert E. Lee and Christopher Columbus things being torn down. I get it because at the end of the day, I don't want to walk past something and be constantly reminded of what my people for 400 years have had to go through and are still going through this day. So I get that. I absolutely, you know, I, I get it. But I feel like you can't really cancel these holidays because they're just going to have a different name. And maybe the name, you know, do we start talking about is a name going to correlate with a historical event? I mean, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. So I get it. I, I'm not I'm not I don't I'm not saying that we shouldn't uh, I'm not saying that, you know, it shouldn't be remembered. But I feel that, you know, I don't I don't uh, you know, somebody asked earlier, you know, do we celebrate Columbus Day? We don't do anything for Columbus Day. It's just a day <laughs> off for some people. Um, I, I think they should change it to Indigenous People's Day. I'll, I'll, I'll hate to admit it, but a lot of times people only care about holidays as a day off of work. Yeah, sure. some people do. That's all they care about. They don't care about the history. They don't care about the uh, edu- educating. And um, you know, the reason why I like you guys' show is because you, you you're trying to do that, and I appreciate what you and Zach do because you're trying to educate people on what these mean. Mm-hmm. And not just, you know, uh, before you go go to break bread, let's think about for a second what this hall, what, what happened right. hundreds of years ago. And that's why it kills me, you know, um, when we hear a lot of entitled white people talk about, you know, I fought for this country. This is our land. Well, it wasn't your land to begin with. <laughs> I hate to tell you that. Uh, it's I, I hate that there's that there's natives that they have to have land set aside for them. That's that is absolutely insane. Right. That, that the government has to hand them land like, uh, no, th- this was their land to begin with. They shouldn't have to have a have a portion of it. They should get the whole country is theirs. Right. right. So but I get it. I, I, I don't think that I think I don't think that we'll ever see Thanksgiving change anytime soon, although there is a woke crowd, like you said, that are making some changes. And I'm all for that. I'm glad to see that there's people out there that are challenging it. I think it's always good to challenge things and to, and to doubt. I think doubting is always a good thing. You should always question things in life. Some people, they're just drones and they do whatever and they never question their existence. They never question life and they never question things. But I I like seeing this crowd taking a stand and uh, they're not done yet. I'll tell you that (laughs) far from done. We have a hand up in the chat. Actually, we, we a, co- a comment that we, we did not get to address uh, before we get lost uh, into the conversation says, in October 2020, Google banned advertising featuring uh, Zwart Pete mm-hmm. or uh, Black Pete, including the term such versions without blackface. And uh, a term that uh, was also commented to substitute Thanksgiving be family fun day. <laughs> Yeah. Now, like Brian said, it's super important to be skeptical of everything. You do have to counter that with openness. Um, You know, it's one of the episodes we did with Tom Kunzelman is you have to definitely be both skeptical and open in order to be able to have a good conversation, have a good discussion about all of these things that we're talking about. Right. And so I agree with you that the skepticism is good, um, but I do definitely think that the openness needs to come with it. But yeah, like Brandon said, we got one more hand up in the chat. Uh, Feel free. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I definitely agree about the that we should be skeptical about things. We should be knowledgeable and informed about everything. But just to just look at the motivations and the reasons behind these canceling of holidays and cancel culture in general. It's a mob, a loud mob, a minority who doesn't represent everyone, who has a very vocal voice about tearing down certain things in, in into completion. That is the that is the goal. And even with, with Thanksgiving, I'm completely for if if there is a if majority of the people think that okay this is this is something we shouldn't do or maybe um, it just dies down automatically with decades people aren't really into it anymore. Sure. But suddenly out of nowhere we if a if a vocal minority just pushes forward their agenda in order to cancel something that people have been okay with for years, that's where it gets into a slippery slope because what's the extent of that? Maybe maybe 20 years from now, people will say, okay, a lot of turkeys are being killed and that's a giant carbon footprint and uh, people are consuming a lot of meat. Of course, I see their point, but it's part of a tradition, right? So we shouldn't just, depending on whatever vocal minority says, we shouldn't just go ahead and listen to them and just change things because of that. Yeah, that's a very good point that you have to look into the motivations of the canceling too, not just the the outcome itself, right? I've been I've been having some conversations with people in general lately about the difference between good things done for bad reasons and bad things done for good reasons. One thing that we've talked about a couple of times is which one is better, right? Which one is, you know, both of them admittedly have the negative aspect of it, but which one is better? I typically lean towards good things done for bad reasons are better than bad things done for good reasons, just because at least you're still doing a good thing, right? Um, and it's And it doesn't fall into the ends justify the means. But then you have to get into, like you said, the motivations and, well, everyone who is doing a thing usually believes they're doing a good thing. And so it's it's tricky to qualify any of these cancellations as good or bad or whatever. But I think if you look at then the impact that they have and the overall sentiment of the country and not just that very vocal minority, like you said, then I think, you know, it starts to shine some light on whether or not it's a good or a bad thing and, you know, what reasons it's being done for for sure well granted the conversation at least the plan that we had for this conversation <laughs> based off of how we're going so far could span into 10 o'clock however i appreciate your time so before we close i uh, wanted to know was there any final thoughts anything anything that needed to be said here's the moment yeah, like Brandon said, drop us some comments, uh, raise your hand if you've got something left to say. Thank you all for, for joining us for all of this. episode. I loved it. Yeah, this was great. Uh, we've got one hand up now. Go ahead. Uh, hey, guys, I just want to say, um, if I had any thought, final thoughts, really, it's uh, we need more discussions like these. Um, we need more open-mindedness in our society. We have so many people that are so closed-minded, very... Um, set in their ways coming from someone who grew up myself in a very conservative Christian home. Uh, I've had to have way more of an open mind and, uh, I'm, and I'm glad that I have instead of uh, kind of succumbing to uh, what my family taught me or, wh or how we were brought up. I know a lot of people use this excuse. Well, I was brought up a certain way. That's just an excuse. Uh, it doesn't matter how you were brought up. You at the end of the day 
are responsible for your mindset, your choices, your your actions, uh, what you uh, and if you want to, if you don't have an open mind and question things, you're just going to be. I think I feel like being a closed-minded person would be a miserable existence, in my opinion. That's just me. I definitely appreciated that. Um, anybody else? Uh, actually, yeah, we had a couple in the chat. Um, it says peace and love. Happy holidays for whatever you celebrate. Uh, Zach, do you have any final comments on on just on pods? Our first annual pods giving. I yeah. can't wait for next. Yeah, for sure. No, this was great. This is definitely it. Uh, it deviated a little bit more than we thought it would, right? <laughs> this this got <laughs> this conversation got all over the place, but that's a good thing, right? This is what we're here for. These are the conversations that we're here to have. Um, Brian took the words out of my mouth and saying that we need to have more of these open-minded conversations, these open-minded discussions. That's why we're here. That's what we're trying to do. And thank you all for being a part of it. I know that we're still growing. We're still a little small. And so the best things you can do to help us encourage these open-minded conversations is to like or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. If you listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, YouTube, whatever, um, you know, like and subscribe, drop us some comments here and there, share us with your friends. Um, please tell others to join us for the live conversations at the peak. Today, we had 11 or 12 people joining us. And it's great, right? That's great that We've got that many people joining in for these kinds of conversations, but please share us with others. We'd love to have even more people joining us for these. Was there, If there was something that you were interested in or something that opened up your perspective or you enjoyed the perspectives of hearing others or you enjoyed the calamity that we saw throughout the episode, mm-hmm. tell one person or bring one person along. I promise you we're going to have another live episode. There's more than enough things to, that there's going to speak on uh covid is happening the covid vaccine might be hey we don't know what's happening next so (laughs) we can't wait bring some bring someone along like and subscribe and uh, always continue to continue the idea of say what needs saying thanks for listening if you liked this episode please remember to like subscribe and leave us a five-star rating also you can follow us on twitter at say what needs and on instagram and facebook at say what needs saying for live updates and sound bites from my actual podcast don't forget to continue the discussion thank you for listening thanks <laughs>